are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Thursday, July 15th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and I come bearing a little bit of advice for Miami Dolphins fans at the start of today's episode. If you are staunchly in the camp, that the Miami Dolphins should be retaining and paying cornerback Xavier Howard amidst this contract dispute, now might be a good time to request to get off the ride. Because it is about to get even more bumpy based on a report that came out yesterday, courtesy of NFL Network's Michael Silver. So, I alluded yesterday on the show, had these plans, oh, we're going to go through defensive snap counts and what the Dolphins lost from last year and how that stacks up to the league. And you know what? This is what happens when I make a show commitment more than 24 hours in advance. Because stuff like this happens. Stuff like this, of course, being Michael Silver reporting yesterday amid Xavier Howard posting some Instagram story about you don't know what you've got till it's gone and you're not there to do the job anymore. Story to his Instagram. Uh, Michael Silver posts the following yesterday afternoon alluding to this Miami Dolphins Xavier Howard trade market is about to heat up. There's a lot of trade chatter concerning Dolphins All-Pro corner Xavier Howard, who led the NFL with 10 interceptions in 2020 and is unhappy with his contract, reported Silver. Howard, who signed a five-year, $75-and-a-quarter-million-dollar extension two years ago, wants a new, improved deal in the wake of his stellar 2020 season. He's not likely to get it from Miami. It would take likely... At least a first-round pick plus the willingness to pay up to land him. There are several teams, all in win-now mode, pondering such a move. If no one steps up to meet Miami's price, Howard, who skipped the the offseason program, could try to force the issue by holding out of training camp. He could be fined $50,000 a day in that scenario. Stay tuned. Well then. You know what they say about deadlines. They spur action. And uh, from Howard's perspective, if he is dead serious about getting this done before camp and wanting to preserve his bank account, it would be in his best interest to try to get this thing facilitated without skipping camp. The problem is the Dolphins don't have any urgency to do that. And that's where you see his strategy and how he's sharing his thoughts on social media, and particularly on Instagram, is a key piece of the puzzle for Xavier Howard. Uh, We've seen NFL players do this in the past, as they kind of ramp up the heat on friction to try to further facilitate uh, or the perception of leverage or further facilitate to other teams, hey, I'm interested in getting out of here, so let's let's pony up. Let's make something happen. So Howard posted the exact quote he posted uh, on Tuesday. 
They won't realize how big a part you play until you're not there to play it no more. Posted on his Instagram story. Of course, Eagle Eyes Dolphins fans caught on to this very quickly. Uh, But the reason why I think this might not help push the cause for Howard in the way that it has helped other players in the past is Howard has a pretty extensive history of doing this kind of thing with this regime. You go all the way back to 2019. October 31st, Xavier Howard posts a story on his Instagram that was nothing other than a jack-o'-lantern with a hand flashing the bird on it. Uh, Andy Slater posted a screenshot. It is still up from October 31st, 2019. With the caption, Xavier Howard posted this on his Instagram today. The Dolphins acknowledged he took it down a few hours later. The team placed him on IR yesterday. If that was an isolated incident, you could say, oh, well, Xavier's feeling uh, quite feisty for the holidays. He's uh, frustrated with his injury and, and flipping a bird to his knee issues that caused him to miss time. But then. Xavier Howard, in March of 2020, some six months later, again made a statement on Instagram, and it took place immediately after the Dolphins announced the signing, or the signing, I should say, was announced of Byron Jones signing with the Dolphins. What was his action? He scrubbed every bit of evidence of the Miami Dolphins from his Instagram profile in its entirety. He left just two pictures and posts. He removed the Dolphins from his bio. His profile picture was not him in a Dolphins uniform. And Dolphins fans caught on to this. On March 16th, 2020, in the afternoon, Xavier Howard scrubbed the Dolphins from his Instagram altogether in reaction to Byron Jones signing. Now, of course, then they would the Dolphins would go on to draft no Igbenogany in the first round with the number 30 overall pick. And we know for a fact that Howard had feelings about that because he told Darius Butler and Antoine Bethea as much when he joined them on the man-to-man podcast on January 13th, 2021. You can look it up. The video, it's an hour-long, it's an hour-long interview with Xavier Howard. Video only has 1,500 views on, on YouTube. But Howard, in that exchange, went as far as to say the Dolphins signing Jones to the contract that they did and drafting Igbenani was a quote-unquote slap in the face, was fuel to the fire, And he used it as leverage to say, I'm going to make him pay double. So you know that that action was not incidental when he scrubbed the Dolphins from his Instagram account. And now he's posting stories alluding to his dissatisfaction and how they're going to realize what they had when it's gone and the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I'm paraphrasing here, of course. But the problem for that for Miami is unless Miami is tired of this kind of behavior, you run just as much risk of this falling on deaf ears because you've been doing this to Chris Greer and Brian Flores for two years. They say, oh, Xavier's on his on Instagram again. 
So for some players, you act out a character and it helps facilitate the maneuvering of a deal. But for Xavier Howard, who has been doing this incrementally, seemingly every four to six months on Instagram, it might not have as much effectiveness. It's that boy who cried wolf symptom, right? You hear it again and again and again, you get desensitized to it. But I think this is really interesting that Howard's now back into this leverage play to try to really drive home the point, presumably, to other teams that I want to get paid, I want to get out. So come get me, which goes back to Silver's report that there are a number of teams all in win-now mode across the NFL who are now having this conversation of whether or not to go all in and meet Miami's asking price. What we're going to do, we're going to go through the entire NFL and we're going to identify teams that would or would not make sense to be involved in Xavier Howard and whether or not the Dolphins would realistically pursue a deal with them. Bet online, first and foremost, the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info in your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, one of the other interesting things about that Xavier Howard interview with Antoine Bethea and Darius Butler is he went on there and they they asked him who stood out to him as somebody who took them under their wing uh, and, and kind of served as a mentor for him as he was getting acclimated to life in the NFL. And the name that he said was Rashad Jones. And what he kept saying, Xavier Howard, was that Rashad Jones encouraged him to go get the football and attack the ball, right? Sound advice but also taught him, quote-unquote, the business side of things. He referred to three or four times to the business side of things. So Xavier Howard's been very dialed in on this, and, and Rashad Jones, of course, did very well with Miami to get a big contract, have that restructured to lock him in for more money, and uh, had an unceremonious falling out with the new regime when the Dolphins hit the reset button. Well... Could we be seeing the same thing here without the reset button? We have spent an inordinate amount of time this offseason talking about Xavier Howard, the dynamics at play, and what I would say and encourage you to do is this. If you're not familiar with where I stand on a lot of this stuff, you can go back and listen to the other episodes of Locked on Dolphins that discuss it, but also... I've written about somewhere between five to 6,000 words on the subject for two longer stories over at thedraftnetwork.com. The first one, should the Dolphins grant Xavier Howard's contract desires? Yes or no? I posted that in addition to the other one, which is what is a realistic trade package for Xavier Howard? Uh, on my Twitter account, on Wednesday afternoon, around... Uh, 
five o'clock in the afternoon. And it was in response to a tweet that says, feels more likely Howard gets traded than it is he gets a new deal from Miami, in my opinion. Those are replies to that tweet with those links. Or you could just go to thedraftnetwork.com and search for Xavier Howard. Pretty much anything that's on the site written about Xavier Howard is by me. So that'll give you a good chance to get caught up with where I stand on the minutia of this situation. But what I want to do now is kind of comb through the NFL, identify teams that would make sense, identify teams that wouldn't make sense. And the easiest thing to do is start in the AFC East because it makes absolutely positively zero sense for the Dolphins to trade Xavier Howard inside the division. None. Zippo. Zilch. Zada. The Jets could certainly use him, but they're three years away from even thinking about contending at this point with the way the roster's set up, so they're not going to part with the picks that would be necessary, particularly with an in-division trade, to make that happen. So you could cross the Bills, Patriots, and Jets off the list altogether. Point blank, period. The Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, they did business with Miami to go out and secure Mika Fitzpatrick when that deal was done back in 2019. And while Pittsburgh certainly has the ability to take on Xavier Howard, maybe not from a cap perspective this year, but you know, you can part ways with Joe Hayden, your other corners, Justin Lane. Uh, you have Cameron Sutton in the slot, who's a good option there. Their cap situation this year is not particularly forgiving to allow this to happen with Ben Roethlisberger still being in place. Uh, but they would make sense as a long-term landing spot because their corner situation is either unproven or old. Joe Hayden, you know, you would probably try to flip that and take that as a win right off the jump. Hayden can still play, but he's long in the tooth. Uh, I don't think they're a realistic landing spot because the teams that are interested are presumably win-now teams, but Pittsburgh is a win-now team. You still got to get an extension for TJ Watt, right? Like, you don't have the money to take this on in the here and now. So Pittsburgh doesn't make sense either. Baltimore is so loaded at corner that they don't make sense either. The Cleveland Browns, however, are an interesting team. But then again, they just drafted Greg Newsom in the first round and brought in Troy Hill. They also signed John Johnson to play safety, and he could play man-to-man coverage. They're a team that's going to play a ton of sud packages. Their linebacker room is not particularly in-depth, uh, but they're going to play a ton of nickel. Do I think they're a landing spot that makes sense from a value perspective and an ideology perspective? Yes. Do I think they have the room to take him on? Not unless you're going to automatically cut down Greg Newsom. So they would be a team that surprises me. Uh, Cincinnati, they could certainly use the help. They lost William Jackson this offseason. Uh, they brought in Chidobi Awuzie from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They brought in Trey Waynes last year and Mike Hilton last year. Uh, they have room for Xavier Howard. They're, they're going to have very few spots that you would just eliminate and say, no, they don't really have room for Xavier Howard. But that doesn't really feel like the kind of maneuver that Cincinnati should be making, uh, given the fact that they they need to be ensuring that they've got 
the supporting cast right around Joe Burrow. I would say the opportunities in the AFC North for Miami to find a partner are quite unlikely. I would say Pittsburgh's the best fit, but they don't have the cap to make it happen. You get to the AFC South, there's some interesting points here. Uh, The Tennessee Titans being one, they are a team that is absolutely in a win-now window. They are a team that could certainly use the help. They're starting corners right now. Caleb Farley, who they drafted in the first round this year, Janoris Jenkins. Breon Borders is listed at nickel corner. It'll probably be Elijah Molden, who they drafted in the third round this year. So now you're talking about uh, an outside corner and a nickel who are both rookies this year. They do have Christian Fulton, the second-round pick from 2020, on the roster, but nothing outside of that. they got a stud-free safety in Kevin Bayard. They need help on the back end. They signed Bud Dupree in free agency. They got Harold Landry opposite him. They got Jalen Brown and Rashawn Evans drafted Monty Rice in the third round. They got a, a pretty decent group of guys up front, unspectacular other than Jeffrey Simmons. But for a team that just went out and and acquired Julio Jones, if you're a team that's all in, like unquestionably all in, go get yourself a game changer on the back end. Tennessee would be a team, in my perspective, that would make a ton of sense to have interest because they've already shown you they're in an all-in mentality with the Julio Jones deal, but they also have a desperate need of corner. The Indianapolis Colts certainly have the cap space to take on Xavier Howard. They've been at or near the top of the NFL in in cap room for uh, quite some time. Uh, The question is, is this a move that Chris Ballard would made? We've seen him make a similar splash in the trade for DeForest Buckner, bringing him from San Francisco over to play in Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis at corner has Xavier Rhodes, who had a good year this past year, but is an older corner. So Xavier Howard could potentially be pitched as an upgrade over Kenny Moore in the slot. Rocky Sin, second round pick from 2019. But you got to worry about Julio Jones now in this division. The problem with Indianapolis, of course, is the trade for Carson Wentz because they sent some draft capital over this year. They also sent a conditional draft pick over in 2022. That pick could become a first round pick sent to Philadelphia if Carson Wentz plays over X amount of the season. So that would be a crippling blow to Indianapolis's bid and candidacy for Xavier Howard. Jacksonville, no. They just drafted C.J. Henderson. They just signed Shaquille Griffin, the corner from Seattle, to a big money contract. They just drafted Tyson Campbell with the 33rd overall pick. They're not a team that makes sense. Houston, man, I would I would love to think that Houston could be an outside possibility because they, they're starting over. Their corners right now are Vernon Hargraves, Bradley Roby, and John Reed are their top three corners on the depth chart. They got Terrence Mitchell, Desmond King they brought in on a one-year deal, Cornell Armstrong, A.J. Moore, Eric Murray, Keon Crossan, Shaeem Carter, Tavier Tom, like, you tell me where the NFL corners are on this roster. They got room for it. And they already did a deal with Miami in trading Bernardrick McKinney for Shaq Lawson. 
the challenge is if you're Miami, what do you go after off of this team other than just draft picks? You ain't getting Tunsil back. Let it go. Walk away, right? So where does Houston have player assets at this point in time that's going to be appealing to you? Uh, the only player, the only elite player on this roster for Houston, we don't even know is going to be eligible to play football or not and should not be eligible to play football or not until we figure out what their off-the-field situation looks like. And that's a position that the Dolphins have invested a fair amount into this offseason to surround to a tongue of a low. So I don't think Houston at this point is the most logical. That's not to say it's not possible, but it's not necessarily logical. Kansas City, yeah, I would not outrule this team from doing anything wild to go above and beyond in an all-in win-now window. Their corners, Legereus Sneed, Mike Hughes, Chavarius Ward, DeAndre Baker, Rashad Fenton. They got some low-risk, high-reward players in that mix. DeAndre Baker, former first-round pick. Sneed played well for them last year. Mike Hughes, former first-round pick. They acquired to play in the nickel. But if you can fit Xavier Howard and you can figure out how to make it work in a one-year window or a two-year window, you better be ready to do it if you're Kansas City. I don't know if Miami would send him there, but I look at the rest of this division. Who else here is a win-now team? Denver's got Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They just drafted a corner in the top ten. I would not classify them as a team that would make a ton of sense. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders definitely need the help. Their corners are Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, Casey Hayward. Mullen was drafted in the second round of 2019, Damon Arnett in the first round of 2020. So they have some recent investments. Not to say they wouldn't go above and beyond and go get a guy. And they, they probably have some options that would be interesting to Miami to go out and get. The Chargers, who are the last team in the AFC that or in the AFC that we have not talked about, Interesting thought. Chris Harrison, the slot there is very good. They brought back Michael Davis in free agency. Uh, they drafted Asante Samuel in the second round to play the opposite corner spot. Uh, they probably have some players that might be fits for Miami. They have a moderate need at cornerback. Saving Howard would certainly be an upgrade. You're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's the big sell for both or for all three of Denver, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas is you're playing in a division with the Chiefs. So if there was ever a division to have an embarrassment of riches at corner, it would be those spots. So if I had to pick the three teams most likely in the AFC to have a market for Xavier Howard, I'd look at the Tennessee Titans, I'd look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'd look at the Kansas City Chiefs because they're a team in a win-now window that could go absolutely positively all-in, not stress losing the draft capital. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You eat one of these, I guarantee you, like the Kansas City Chiefs parting with draft capital, will not be stressing it. High in fiber, high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar. they got nine flavors to choose from right now on the website. These things are delicious, 100% chocolate on other bars, whether you're looking for something as a meal replacement, whether you're looking for something to grab and go, something as a midnight snack, something post-workout, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So visit BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and save 15% off your next order. That's BillBar.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Let's bring this thing home. Looking at the NFC, want to identify first and foremost the teams that are in what should be perceived as a win-now 
window. I would put the Seattle Seahawks in that conversation. I'll put the Los Angeles Rams in that conversation, the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers in that conversation, the New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would not classify Carolina, who's new into a rebuild, or the Atlanta Falcons as teams that are realistic win now. Those teams combined for nine wins last year. In the NFC East, Washington football team, yes, absolutely. The New York Giants, maybe. They they probably feel like they can win the division, and therefore we're going to include them here. Same for the Dallas Cowboys, and they desperately need corners. We'll talk about them in just a second. Uh, Philadelphia, your your quarterback situation is a hot mess. The roster is going to be a hot mess. I'm counting Philadelphia out. Now, is that saying that Howie Roseman would not do something crazy and go get another corner to pair with Darius Slay to give you a one-two punch? No, I'm not saying that. Philadelphia, you can never say never, but I would not classify them as a win-now team. Detroit, not counting them as a win-now team. Packers, Bears, Vikings, you can include them. That's fine. So let's start with the North since we just finished there. The Packers, Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in football on one side. They just drafted Eric Stokes in the first round. They have a second-round pick from 2018 in Josh Jackson. Chandon Sullivan, potential nickel. They got Kevin King. I'm counting the Packers out. I think they got enough juice and enough horses. You want to make a splash? Go get somebody who's going to keep Aaron Rodgers happy and keep him in house for you. The Minnesota Vikings are interesting. They got Patrick Peterson. They have Jeff Gladney, a first-round pick from 2019. They got some depth at corner. Now, they don't have depth at corner that would prevent you from chasing down Xavier Howard. You gave up 475 points last year. You need a little bit of help. I would certainly put Minnesota with their head coach being Mike Zimmer and his background with defensive backs. I would certainly not rule Minnesota out as a potential candidate for Xavier Howard. Uh, Do they have some talent? Yes. Is it enough to deter you from making the splash? No. Chicago Bears. Do you have the need at corner? Yes. But... You gave up your first-round draft pick in 2022 to go up and get Justin Fields this year. That means you're out. So in the NFC North, give me Minnesota as the most likely team. The Washington football team, they just signed William Jackson to a big deal. They got a bunch of young defensive stars. Perhaps Xavier would be the final piece that puts you over the, the top. But they also have Kendall Fuller, who can ball a little bit. They drafted Benjamin St. Just in the third round. Not going to let a good player prevent me from getting a great player. I would say maybe. But the challenge there is Ryan Fitzpatrick's at quarterback. Your other quarterbacks are Tyler, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Steven Montez. You do not have a long-term answer at quarterback. So if I'm Washington, I would rather have the first-round pick bank on this stud pass rush I've got in front of me and see how far Ryan Fitzpatrick can take me and have that first-round pick at my disposal. So if I need to go all the way in to go get a quarterback, I can get one. So I would cross Washington's name off the list. We've already proverbially crossed off the Philadelphia Eagles. They have too many needs. I don't think they're going to contend this year. Maybe they think they will. Maybe they would make a crazy splash. Howie Roseman's certainly the kind of guy that could go off the reservation and make that kind of deal. But the Dallas Cowboys, their corners, Kelvin Joseph, rookie in the second round this year, Trayvon Diggs, 2020 second-round pick. Nashawn Wright, guy they reached on in the third round in 2021. C.J. Goodwin, Rashard Robinson, Deontay Burton, 
Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown in the slot. Those guys shouldn't be playing outside. They desperately need the help in the secondary. Their defense is woefully bad. Woefully bad. Dallas, getting Dak Prescott back, went 6-10 in year one last year under Mike McCarthy. New defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. Likes big, physical, long corners. There are some dots that make sense here. The problem with Dallas is the financials, but that's never stopped them before. So I'd say never say never. What would be interesting is the team passed on the chance to pay Byron Jones. What happens if they turn around and got themselves a saving Howard for their troubles and effectively did a swap with Miami, but Miami would be getting much more back because they got Jones in free agency. The New York Giants, uh, they have a ton of, of big bodies on the line of scrimmage up front. They got James Bradbury at corner. They also have a Dory Jackson. They drafted Aaron Robinson in the third round this year. Uh, they have Logan Ryan, who plays some safety for them, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers. They got a lot of versatility. Darnay Holmes, Quincy Wilson. I think the Giants are probably good. Could it be a huge splash? Yes. Is Patrick Graham there that's going to have some familiarity? Yes. But at the end of the day, I think the, Gi- the Giants have enough with Jackson, Robinson, Logan Ryan, James Bradbury. The versatility of Xavier McKinney as a safety, they'll probably pass. I've crossed off Carolina and Atlanta's teams that I don't think are win now. Carolina kind of acting like it with a trade for Sam Darnold, but they just drafted J.C. Horn. Uh, it would certainly go a long way in fixing their secondary to go after Xavier Howard, but I don't think they're a team that's probably going to be willing to pay that price while their quarterback situation is still unsettled. Atlanta, I understand they just brought in a new coach. They drafted a tight end, tells you they're in win-now window. Well, you just traded Julio Jones, so you're not really in the win-now window. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got an embarrassment of riches at the cornerback position. Bunch of guys that fit the same mold as Xavier Howard, but they're younger. They have less injury issues. That one ain't going to happen. New Orleans is where things get interesting in the NFC South. They got Marshawn Lattimore on a short-term deal. If you're in a win-now window, they've shown they've been willing to purge cap in bunches in order to get under the cap and bring in talent in short-term spaces. Their corner opposite Marshawn Lattimore right now is currently scheduled to be either Patrick Robinson or third-round rookie Paulson Adebo. You got a third safety in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson who could play in the slot. You put Xavier Howard on this team, you feel like you can probably match up with what Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay throw at you in the division. New Orleans is a really strong candidate, regardless of your cap situation. The NFC West, uh, Seattle, Xavier's style of play would make sense and fit. But I'll say this, Seattle has routinely taken lesser investments at the corner position and just banked on that system to make it work. I see no reason why they would do anything different this time around. So count me out on Seattle. Never mind the fact that I believe the New York Jets still have their first-round pick this past year, or this upcoming year, from the Jamal Adams trade. The Los Angeles Rams would never count them out, but they don't have the ammunition. They traded all their first-round picks away for Matthew Stafford. So I'm out on that one as well. San Francisco 49ers, they're a team that's looking to bounce back from the injury purge season that they had last year. They got Jason Verrett, 
guy who can't really stay healthy with any level of consistency. He was phenomenal last year. Emmanuel Mosley at corner. This is a team that could use him. They could certainly use him. But again, here's the challenge. San Francisco gave up future ones to come get the number three overall pick and get Trey Lance. So you can go ahead and count San Francisco out of this market, which then leaves the Arizona Cardinals, which are the perfect storm. You got a coach on the hot seat. You had a team that finished 500 last year and collapsed late. They lost their final two games, finished the year two and three in their final five games. They've gone all in. They signed J.J. Watt in free agency. They traded for Rodney Hudson. They brought in A.J. Green. This team is absolutely going for it. But they have poor coaching. They've got a quarterback that has yet to finalize his ascension into being a top-tier quarterback. He's top fantasy quarterback, Kyler Murray is. I'm still not sold the offensive line is particularly good. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, who's a stud at center, Brian Winters, Kelvin ben Beecham. That's your offensive line. They'll go a ton of 10 personnel, shotgun. They'll rely on Cardner, Kyler's mobility to extend plays. I'm not sold on your trenches with Zach Allen and Lecky Fotu and Jordan Phillips and Rashard Lawrence and Michael Dogby as the guys aside of J.J. Watt who are going to be taking your snaps with their hand in the dirt. You're bringing back Chandler Jones, healthy, great. Isaiah Simmons, first-round pick. Zayvon Collins, first-round pick this year. Marcus Golden. You got good linebackers. I'm not sold about your interior defensive line play. Your top corner right now is Malcolm Butler. Then you got Robert Alford, Marco Wilson, and Tay Gowan. Byron Murphy in the slot. Buda Baker's a stud at free safety. That's about it. But this team's going for it. They've been aggressive. This is the perfect storm team. And I know we already did that show in which we talked about you know, who are some teams and some trade packages that could make sense for Xavier Howard. Arizona's still at the top of my list for a team that I would want to do business with because I can absolutely see them finishing last in the division. I can absolutely see them starting slow, firing their coach, bottoming out as a team, winning five or six games, and all of a sudden now Miami's picking in the top 15 again. And you have San Francisco's pick. So, in summary, if I had to make a short list of six teams, three from the AFC, three from the NFC, I would pick the Tennessee Titans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Arizona Cardinals as my ideal teams, and I cannot leave New Orleans off of here. So give me the New Orleans Saints. That is one team from every division other than the AFC East. Those would be my choices in each of those divisions for the front runner to make a play for Xavier Howard because the writing is on the wall. This thing is not going well right now. Mentally start to prepare yourself, and as we said at the top of the show, perhaps think about if you are a staunch retain and pay Zavin guy or girl, maybe you would like to request to get off the ride because I don't like the way it's trending. I do like the way this podcast is trending. We had a great Power to the Pod question on Tuesday. 
that we are going to dedicate tomorrow's full show to. It is what would I do if I were taking control of the Dolphins organization from here? What would I do? Who would I hire? What decisions would I make? What color alternative jerseys would I bring into play? All these great, most pressing questions you didn't know you needed answered. We're going to do it all tomorrow. So hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Have a great Thursday. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.